Hello everyone and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Skift India podcast. We are absolutely thrilled with the incredible response we received for our debut episode. Thank you all for the heartwarming well wishes and the buzz on social media. I'm Pidindoma Bhutia, Skift's Asia editor, and I'm honored to have all of you joining us again. Today's episode, we have a special guest with us, Santosh Kumar, the country manager for India, Sri Lanka, Maldives, and Indonesia at booking.com. Welcome Santosh, it's truly fantastic to have you here. Thank you so much Peter, it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. I listen to your uh, uh, the global skift travel podcast pretty frequently and it's uh, lovely to see that now you have an India one. Thank you so much Santosh for that. Uh, I must say managing such a diverse geography is quite an accomplishment. You know, uh, however, today we are going to deep dive into the world of Indian tourism, which, uh, you know, of course, everyone has been saying is a true powerhouse in the global tourism landscape. So, um, of course, uh, Santosh, India is a land of myriad experiences and its tourism industry is a vital driver of the economy. So uh, let's start by talking about the strong demand in the leisure segment. Of course, with changing travel preferences, how are online travel companies like Booking.com addressing this demand in India? Yeah, uh, look, I think Sweden uh, in general, uh, we're we're very happy to see the way travel demand continues to be very robust, right? And I think uh, you know, uh, as uh, reflected also in the recent uh, uh, report that Skift put out in terms of the state of travel index, uh, state of travel. Uh, our uh, numbers are very well aligned uh, because what we are seeing as well is that overall the uh, Q2 2023 saw some really strong numbers across the board. Um, you know, for India, uh, the travel index recovery has been uh, has been fantastic. It came through very well in 2022. 2023 has been even better. Uh, the demand for leisure travel is very strong. Um, and uh, in fact, we put out a recent uh, travel confidence index where India came out uh, the second highest in uh, Asia Pacific, where uh, a significant majority of Indian travelers continue to be very confident to go out and explore the world around them. Um, you know, uh, in India, uh, also what we're seeing is that um, yeah, in general, people continue to be very upbeat, even forward looking. The demand continues to be very strong. Uh, we are seeing that the consumer behavior has changed slightly where the booking windows have expanded versus uh, 2022 and even versus 2019 because people are feeling more confident of booking in advance. And also they are taking uh, advantage of, um, you know, uh, trying to find those deals and discounts. Uh, but having said that, um, you know, talking about from an India-Pacific standpoint, some of the trends that we are seeing is that sustainable travel continues to be on the rise in India. One is that people are expressing intent to uh, to travel more sustainability, uh, sustainably, but they're also going ahead and booking more sustainable accommodation. So it's actually the intent is resulting in conversion. Um, we are also seeing that there is a rise in um, uh, Indian travelers who are on the lookout for wellness getaways, uh, getaways that are mindful and meditative in nature. 
Uh, we are seeing that there is increasing traction for spiritual destinations like Varanasi, Rishikesh, Amritsar, and Puri. Um, travelers are also increasingly looking for more immersive experiences that allow them to live like a local. Uh, and uh, this is something really interesting, you know, also something that we published in our recent travel confidence index. Um, you know, we all love, know Indians love for food, right? And uh, it turns out that more than 60% of Indian travelers consider it crucial to have access to, uh, to Indian food when they travel, right? So, um, so and that becomes a, um, a, a very big part when they plan their travel itineraries. Um, and so keeping all of that in mind, uh, we at Booking.com are continuing to work as part of our connected trip where we continue to think about how we can offer um, travel across all categories. You know, in addition to accommodation, we have flights, cars, rentals and experiences. And that's our eventual aim uh, for the Indian market as well. That's a compelling perspective, Santosh. Um um, you spoke about a significant trend while you were talking uh, earlier. You spoke about the rise of alternative accommodations, you know, homestays, vacation rentals. How is that trend picking up in India? Of course, we've seen that happen in the US and the Europe markets. But how is that trend picking up in India? And, uh, you know, how does that appeal to the sensibilities of the travelers, whether it be domestic or international? Yeah, uh, I think for alternate accommodation, Peter, you'll have to call me back for another podcast. It's it's a, it's a fantastic topic. <laughs> right? uh, but look, I think having said that, I I'm this is something that's very close to my heart, right? Alternate accommodation, um, you know, in my opinion, has done for travel and tourism what the IPL has done for cricket, right? It has transformed the way people travel. Uh, it is enabling destinations uh, to attract a whole new wave of travelers. Um, it's bringing newer destinations into the limelight. Uh, it's helping neighborhoods to be experienced in a more authentic manner. And it's facilitating a wave of micro entrepreneurship for homeowners. Right. And uh, for us um, uh, at Booking, um, you know, the alternate accommodation segment is something that continues to grow. Um, to give you a, uh, you know, to put it into perspective, in in the last quarter, in quarter two of this year, April to June, um, 34% of our global total room nights came from the alternate accommodation segment, right? And it continues to grow. It's two percentage points higher than Q2 last year. And it is this is the segment that's growing faster than the traditional uh, hotel segment uh, for us. Um, and today we have roughly about 7 million listings uh, globally in this particular segment, right? From an India perspective, we offer uh, roughly about 14 alternate accommodation types, ranging from homes, apartments, villas, tree houses, camps, and a lot of other unique places to stay. And India continues to be a developing market for alternate accommodation. Um, there's a growing demand and desire for people to travel here. It fits in well also with this um, Indian perspective of traveling in groups. You know, uh, because Indians love that privacy that this type of accommodation offers them. Um, and uh, it, it allows them also to get acquainted very nicely with local cultures, local experiences, and the uh, personalized hospitality that our country is known for. Um, and I think, you know, uh, if you ask me, this is a, this is a segment in general, which is continuing to mature. It's lovely to see that there are uh, some really nice, interesting new brands that have entered the segment 
They're looking to professionalize it. Uh, I'm sure there will be a wave of activity continuing in this particular segment. Um, we um, and and we understand that in order for us to be able to cater to this demand uh, and to this particular segment, we have introduced a few things uh, that are quite interesting. You know, uh, for instance, we have a quality rate a rating for alternate accommodations, uh, and um, this is similar to the ratings for hotels. Uh, but it is catered more toward alternate accommodation standards. Yeah, it's interesting that you uh, it's interesting that you mentioned this because my next question would have been that how do you how do you keep a tab on the quality so that you know it is up to a certain standard? Is there because there is uh, you know there are a few states that have rules in place, but uh, like right now it's literally a mom and pop shop uh, kind of thing. So, you know, like if booking is promoting something, then how do you ensure that it is up to a certain standard? That's right. So I think we do it in uh, different ways. I, I think one is uh, obviously, you know, when we bring on any accommodation, there is a, uh, uh, there are audits done in terms of verifying the listing, bringing them on board, etc. So there is, there is a set of processes that happens, right? Everything from uh, video checks, uh, to uh, to audits of what the properties uh, the accommodation is sending us etc. Uh, in addition to that, once the property is live and on board uh, on our platform, uh, there continues to be a, a you know a guest provided uh, quality rating uh, that tends to come in. Uh, and interestingly, Peter, you know uh, we see that forty percent of new listings uh, that come on board with us in this segment tend to get a booking within the first week that they're listed. Right. So, so then to your point, it's very important that as these new accommodations are coming on board, uh, and as newer and, um, you know, more and more consumers are going and staying at these accommodations, that, um, consistency of, um, and standardization and quality remains. Uh, and that's where I think this quality rating, uh, you know, continues to, it is, it's a self correction system, right? Uh, and the algorithm also takes into account that there are properties, um, you know, which are doing really well in terms of service quality and standards. Uh, the algorithm, uh, uh, you know, uh, rewards the property for that. Uh, and so, uh, you know, uh, and that in turn drives more demand for that particular property. Uh, I think what's also happening is, uh, to the point I was making earlier, uh, the emergence of some of these aggregators, the brands that have come in, uh, into the market, like the, you know, the Stavistas, the Saffron Stays, the Ghost Stops, et cetera, of the world. Um, what they're doing is they're bringing in their own expertise, right? Uh, in addition to acting as an aggregator, they are helping these homeowners and these, um, you know, uh, operators uh, bring up their own uh, service levels and their quality standards. Um, in addition to all of that, what we are also doing is we are working with the governments, uh, you know, and uh, one example that I can take is uh, uh, Kerala tourism, where, uh, you know, we are running workshops uh, for groups of homestays and uh, smaller uh, BNB owners um, in, um, uh, you know, in collaboration with the state tourism department, where we are helping them train them on, uh, you know, various things ranging from customer service standards, uh, selling in the online channel, um, you know, uh, operating more sustainably, etc. Santosh, you mentioned uh, companies, names like Stay Vista. Of course, there is Ama by the Taj as well. When you talk about these alternative accommodations, you also need to factor in the price thing, right? 
and India is a price sensitive market. So if you have to talk about, uh, you know, alternative accommodations that would suit every pocket, is there still some, uh, you know, is there still a standardization in process for these accommodations? Yes. And I, you know, I think, look, what's happening in the alternate accommodation segment as well is that there are different uh, tiers that are starting to emerge. Mm-hmm. You've got these uh, sort of really low budget um, hostels and camps uh, sort of accommodation that has mm-hmm. come up uh, in in various, uh, you know, uh, in various cities now across the country. Uh, but then you also have the mid-range and really uh, luxury sort of alternate accommodation also mm-hmm. starting to improve, right? Correct. Um, so, so I think it's this is also a sector which is, you know, it's it's finding its feet, right? And that's why I think it's fascinating to watch uh, what happens over the next few years. Um, uh, arguably, it's still early days, uh, but I think, um, you know, like like any new segment, um, you know, there, there will be some time before it starts to mature and you start to see uh, convergence of quality standards and a clear deline- delineation of, uh, you know, uh, categories in this particular segment. So I think we'll have to give it some time. Okay. Okay. Uh, That's wonderful to hear as well. Um, uh, But with increased purchasing power, and we know that there is a certain price sensitivity to the way in which Indians spend. Do you think that people are, uh, you know, because we see see these huge figures coming out, uh, you know, that uh, outbound uh, uh, expenditure of Indians traveling out of the country is uh, this uh, millions running into millions. So do you think that Indians have become more, uh, you know, keen on spending on travel? I, you know, I want to start by saying that we are very bullish on the India opportunity. Right. This is India's moment to shine. The country is at an inflection point. All of the leading indicators and enablers are coming together very nicely to facilitate it. Uh, you know, the GDP growth is fantastic. We are making serious investments in manufacturing and services. Foreign direct investment has been increasing year on year. Our infrastructure and last mile connectivity is improving rapidly. More shoppers are entering the online funnel. Right. And more importantly, these new shoppers largely belong to tier three or smaller cities. And they also include Gen Z, which will become a critical cohort in the future. Right. So um, so so I feel that, you know, in addition to the the great domestic, um, you know, travel pattern that we've observed and which continues to be very robust, um, obviously, like you said, Peden, Indians are also now traveling outbound quite significantly, right? And so many countries now globally are starting to, uh, you know, try to cater their offerings more and more to attract that Indian traveler. Um, and so therefore for us at booking.com, uh, you know, we, we believe that, um, you know, India is a very big priority for us um, as a company. Um, you know, we, uh, we continue to be vested in this vision of making sure that we are making it easier for everyone to experience the world. And in order to achieve that, we need to solve the friction that still exists within the entire trip experience. Right. Um, and so to that extent, um, you know, uh, we've introduced flights in India. We are starting to offer more and more experiences as well to cater to the Indian traveler, to the Indian consumer demand. 
Um, we're also uh, uh, recently we opened our new center of excellence located in uh, Bengaluru, uh, which we hope to ramp up to about 500 people uh, in the next few months. Uh, we've launched a, a India Instagram handle in the last quarter. Uh, we've launched Hindi as a language option now um, across all our platforms. Uh, and we are seeing some really interesting uptake of that, both by accommodation partners and also with consumers. Um, and, uh, and interestingly, Peden, you know, the, the Hindi platform uh, is also being used in the, in the United States uh, by accommodation partners. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because as you can, uh, as you probably know, there's a big Indian diaspora there, which owns, uh, you know, accommodation, right? Mm-hmm. So it's so it's very interesting. These were connections that we would not have made earlier, right? But it's because of this experimentation, because of trying to cater more to more and more to Indian travel demand, uh, we are recognizing that there is a uh, there are uh, you know uh, different windows of opportunity. Um, we are also investing heavily in the market because we um, we are also going to be hosting the ICC Men's Cricket uh, World Cup later this year, um, and so this is all a testament to our partnerships and plans for India in the longer term. And I believe that um, you know, despite some of these, um, uh, let's say the the recessionary um, uh, headwinds uh, that might occur globally. Um, India is uh, placed uh, pretty well for continued travel demand. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think you know, last week at Skiff Research, my colleagues at Skiff Research, they released a report called India on the Move. It talks about, you know, the report sheds light on the economic perspective of Indian travelers, you know, and it's basically a positive outlook on the economy and, you know, increased savings, enhanced financial status and their willingness to engage in meaningful and enriching travel encounters. As uh, you know, I, uh, my CEO, Rafat, has uh, written his Twitter. He said it's boom time indeed, both for outbound Indian travelers and domestic Indian market. And that truly is the case. And uh, I'm sure like, you know, booking is there to make the most of it. Uh, but uh, can you also talk a little bit about, uh, you know, give us some insight into how booking is uh, your, your expansion plans within India? You know, how are you ensuring that travelers across the country can access these diverse options? Because um, you, you, I see you doing a lot of domestic bookings as well now. Yes, that's right. So I, you know, I think all of these things are converging, right? Um, so one is that on the uh, on the product side, uh, we are starting to, you know, we are starting to cater more from a localized perspective. Yes, we are a global company. Uh, we do have that global scale, but it's very important uh, when you operate in India to be relevant to the local Indian consumer. Uh, and so, therefore, I think this this uh, uh, you know option of having uh, regional languages, this option of having, uh, you know, being able to cater to different types of accommodation across uh, tier one to tier three cities uh, is very, very important. Uh, also, the the value seeking behavior of Indian consumers, right? Um, and also their need to be able to, uh, you know, sort of cater to them as a one stop shop solution. Uh, and so therefore, our vision of having a connected trip uh, is very important also from an India perspective. And that's something that we want to double down on in the months and years to come. 
um and i think also uh, you know we recognize that from a branding perspective we need to do more in the indian market and therefore in addition to all of the digital marketing that we do um you know you will start to see us do more and more things uh, from a, from an offline marketing from a from a brand marketing standpoint right and therefore our investment also from a sports or from a cricket perspective you know uh, we all know how crazy indians are for cricket uh, and i think this fits very well with uh, you know how we would like our uh, brand to get more awareness across the country really yeah i think um you know sports tourism is big now and especially we've seen what the fifa world cup has done for qatar and for the entire middle east region um so uh, since you, you since you spoke about the cricket world cup how do you see the cricket world cup i mean what's the reaction that you're getting then do you see a lot of interest in the cities where these matches are to be held and of course dharmshala is one of the places as well so do you see a lot of traffic coming in for these places yeah um look i think in in general uh, sports and entertainment events have a direct impact on the tourism industry and they benefit both the host destinations and travel providers right um and uh, you know talking about the icc cricket world cup specifically uh, we are seeing a big surge in demand uh, one example i can uh, give you peden is uh, uh, you know for instance the uh, ahmedabad um, india pakistan match uh, we are seeing a 5000% increase in searches as compared to the same time last year right um, now obviously it's not helped that the date has moved uh, but uh, but regardless you know and that's going to cause some friction i'm sure uh, for travelers uh, but um, regardless now the final schedule is out uh, and we are seeing that especially the the um, you know some of the match dates in october and november when um, you know india's playing uh, across the country and also some of the other big ticket games um, there is a um, there is a spike in the demand uh, and it's having an impact on the entire city's occupancy and availability as well that's that's absolutely great and i hope that you know it does a lot for india's inbound tourism as well because right now we know that while domestic and outbound is great you know india's inbound tourism needs that kind of a push um sadosh of course uh, even we talk about travel we cannot not talk about av the aviation industry and you know recently we saw the air india new uh, brand launch you know of course there are many people who are hating the new brand logo or whatever they might be calling it and there's many people who love it and of course recently akasha also turned one so how are airlines faring in india's you know ever evolving aviation landscape because the aviation sector has shown resilience and adaptability and you know the growth of airlines like akasha signals some kind of an opportunity and competition in the market So as travel demand bounces back, uh, airlines are also trying to innovate to offer, offer convenience and value, which will, of course, ultimately benefit travelers. So, what is your perspective on the aviation industry and its impact on the greater travel uh, industry? Yeah, um, when you think about the traditional traveler's journey, uh, the majority of travelers. first they tend to book their air ticket before they go on to book other parts of their accommodation mm-hmm. and so for us it was a natural uh, 
you know, a progression that we had to introduce flights um, in all of the markets that we are present in, uh, including in India. Uh, from an India perspective, I personally think it's it's uh, fantastic to see all of these homegrown, passionate brands which are achieving really great milestones. Right? Um, uh, I can't think of too many other markets in the world where uh, there is a combined order of more than one thousand aircraft uh, in a single year. Right? We've seen that now with uh, Indigo Air India as well as Asa. Um, so I, I think it's it's. Uh, you know, it's 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 really really good to see, uh, and I know also all of the airports are increasing additional capacity, even in our metro cities, etc. So therefore, the uh, domestic aviation industry in general has demonstrated really good growth and expansion. Uh, we are seeing a we are seeing a continued rise in passenger numbers. We see new more and more newer uh, uh, people traveling on flights. Uh, which is good to see. I think the sector has achieved a year-on-year -year growth of about 33 plus percent, close to, um, and that's highlighted by a remarkable 18.78 um, percent upswing in passenger volume just for the month of June. Um, so, so I think this is something that we are, uh, you know, looking at very, very closely because uh, obviously that has implications for the entire uh, travel industry. Mm -hmm. um Moving on to another topic, um, and, and the final topic, in fact, I want to talk to you a little bit about Ixico developing its new hotel booking platform. I spoke to Alok recently, and he mentioned that uh, in the, during the interview, because uh, the, their earlier booking was rooted through booking.com. But uh, he also mentioned that they would be working with booking.com in some shape and form. So, so what exactly is that shape and form? Could you, could you tell us a little bit about it? So we we have a continued partnership uh, with Ixigo where we do supply inventory to them, uh, and that continues, right? Um, it's it's a it's a developing topic as we speak, uh, Peden. Um, I think in the weeks to come we'll be able to share a little more details uh, as it evolves. Um, but uh, in general, I think you know uh, it's fascinating, right? Because uh, you know. Uh, we welcome growth across the industry and, um, you know, just like Exigo, we are seeing really positive signals across the Indian market uh, and especially in some of the, the smaller markets that they're operating in. So it's, so it's, it's, it's a partnership that works well uh, and we hope to continue to grow that. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Santosh. Your insights have been really helpful and thank you for joining us and sharing your expertise on India's vibrant tourism industry. My pleasure, Peter. Uh, look forward to your uh, future episodes. And I think uh, it's great that you're uh, doing this for India. Uh, you know, it fits very well also with our uh, aims and ambitions for the Indian market. It's so exciting, right? Yes, exactly. I think we're all working towards that, all of us. I know. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Skift India podcast. Stay tuned for more insightful conversations and updates from the world of Indian travel. Until next time, happy travel. 